The 2019 college football season is approaching. Dan Harrelson here alongside Rod Gilmore of ESPN. Rod, how are you doing today? I'm good, Dan. Thanks for having me on. Well, thank you for coming on. Uh, as I said, the, the season is approaching and kind of picking up the pieces how, how the 2018 season concluded uh, out in uh a place you're familiar with on the on the West Coast, uh, where we saw Clemson really put it to Alabama last year uh, at the 49ers Stadium. What was your kind of take on that game? How it kind of concluded with, with Trevor Lawrence and Clemson, Dabo Sweeney, that great defensive line that Clemson had, really put it to Alabama and win their second national championship in three years. You know, I was I was at that game. I was working that game uh, for ESPN for one of its uh, mega cast uh, broadcasts that day. And I, and I got to tell you, my, my takeaway after the game, actually in the second half, was that there was a new king in town. You know, I think we've, we've become so accustomed to putting Alabama at the top of uh, college football each year uh, that it's hard to think of it in any other way. But after Clemson's domination in that game, and having beaten Alabama, you know, a couple of seasons before in the national championship game, I came away feeling like there, there is a new king that uh, what Clemson is doing and the way that they handled Alabama, um, the way they competed against them a couple of years before that, uh, and just the talent level on the field, uh, I sort of felt like this is now Clemson's time. Clemson is in the middle of its of its spurt or dynasty or whatever you want to call it. Uh, they're picking up where Alabama uh, left off, and that Alabama took a little bit of a dip. Now, we'll, we'll see where that goes uh, from here, but when you've won two titles in three years and you've knocked off Alabama um, twice, it, there's a basis to say you're the king of the heap, you know? <laughs> well, do you think a guy like Tua, who's very, very talented, obviously, uh, do you think he's the type of quarterback that can bounce back from this? And he really, the, the two of the final three games of last season, of course, in Atlanta against Georgia, he got roughed up a little bit, playing yeah. on a bad knee. Jalen Hurts yeah. kind of came in, bailed him out a little bit there. Came back, had a good game against Oklahoma and Kyler Murray and company, but then, of course, the national championship game. Uh, do, do you think, too, is a guy that can really put this behind him and, and really kind of – spend this whole off season and, and go towards this next season and, and really have something to, to shoot for? Oh, I don't have any doubt about that. I mean, first of all, I, I, I thought he was banged up the latter part of the season, and I'm sure that impacted him and his performance. Uh, but he's always seemed to me, and, and I've had a couple of his games you know, in person, he's always seemed to me to be a little bit of a gunslinger, uh, a guy who, you know, you, you think about a Steph Curry in basketball who will miss a bunch of shots but will keep shooting because he knows he's a great shooter and he just doesn't have any conscience about that, about missing and what it means. I, I think Tua is like that as a quarterback. You know, he, he'll make a couple bad throws, uh, but it won't bother him. You think back to two years ago, the championship game that they won and the bad decision-making he made right before throwing the game-winning touchdown pass. You know, he takes a sack on a play when you're supposed to get rid of the football. Uh, there was another bad throw in there before, but, you know, he comes right back and throws a touchdown pass, uh, totally unaffected by what happened to him before. So I don't have any doubt that this season he'll bounce back from that, and it's a distant memory for him. 
one game you called last year at Neyland Stadium early on in the 2018 campaign was Tennessee and Florida. A lot of hype and a lot of people really into that game going into it for, for Tennessee's sake. Uh, they honored the, the 1998 National Championship team during that game and, and also had a few things going on prior days going into game day so a lot of electricity going into that matchup with the Gators and that game was over in the first quarter a lot of miscues uh, there for uh, quarterback Jarrett Garantano what was your take early on as Jeremy Pruitt's building this program back up changing the culture and they kind of responded after that Florida loss went down to Auburn midseason got a win and then also defeated Kentucky at home in November yeah, I, I think back to that Tennessee-Florida game. I, I wasn't surprised. I mean, there was an awful lot of hype for the game. It was a great atmosphere for that game uh, with Florida. Um, but I had the sense and feeling, and having watched Florida uh, on tape enough going in, I knew that they were going to be good uh, defensively and figured that Tennessee would struggle to score against them. Um but it wasn't at all clear that Florida offensively was going to be able to put together, you know, a strong game plan and to uh, to handle Tennessee. But I felt strongly about the Florida defense. I also sort of felt like, you know, some of the hype going in was overlooking the fact that this was all brand new for Tennessee. It was new for Pruitt in this new environment, new system. And although Dan Mullen was new over Florida, he's done this before. I mean, he, he's gone into a program, you know, changed the culture, got his way going, brought his staff with him, you know, so this was not a real new deal for him. And he was familiar with the SEC and familiar with Florida uh, and all that. So I, I didn't think it was as much of a fair fight as maybe a lot of folks were making it out to be. I thought there was a tremendous advantage for, for Florida there. And now as we look back on that season, you know, Florida looks like they were a pretty darn good team and Florida may be a really, really good team in 2019 as well. Rod, what are some of the, the, the places that kind of stand out to you, calling games as far as stadiums, campuses, that you really have enjoyed uh, during your great career calling games for ESPN? <laughs> You're going to get me in a lot of trouble here. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you know, I mean, you know, I played, I played on the West Coast and uh, I spent a lot of time in the Pac-12. I've covered the Pac-12 an awful lot. Uh, throughout my career, um, and there's some great venues uh, in the West. Um, I mean, obviously, I mean Oregon gets a lot of attention when when you see the place and you play there because uh, you know 50,000 or 45,000 fans, whatever it is that they have, sound like 90 when they're there, and it's it's a really great place. But I have to admit that there is nothing like a Saturday in the South. You know, <laughs> when when you're in the SEC. Uh, with, with all of the pomp and circumstance and the color and uh, the packed stadiums, uh, whether you're talking Tennessee or if you're talking, you know, Alabama or Georgia, uh, Auburn, um, you know, th these things are fantastic. The people come from miles around. They're into it. The stadium is full. There's just the pageantry, you know, whether it's uh, – you know, the eagle flying or whatever. There's an awful lot to like and to get involved with uh, with games in the SEC on Saturdays. Now, um, I've enjoyed doing some games in other conferences. You know, you can have a lot of fun. I have had at Michigan and Ohio State. But, but if you ask me 
which conference has more venues that really give you all the flavor of college football, more of those venues are in the SEC than in any other conference. What games, uh, not to kind of put you on the spot here, but what kind of games stand out to you? Maybe uh, classic type games that you've been able to call that may have came down to the last second or even or even overtime or anything like that? Uh, you know, for, for whatever reason, we, we tend to get, you know, um, a couple of those a year and, and um, sometimes they, they, they run together. Um, we had uh, an LSU um, uh, Auburn game two years ago, which was uh, sort of hyped as the which coach survives game between Les Miles and Gus Malzahn. And that game came down to uh, a, a touchdown, a game-winning touchdown, but after the clock expired uh, so that um, LSU ended up losing that game. Uh, that, that one stands out, obviously, because it had so much on the line, not just for uh, the teams, but also for uh, the coaches. Um, we had a similar game against Florida State and Georgia Tech that ended um, with a uh, kick return, a punt return for a touchdown um, in overtime. So we, we tend to get a couple of those every year so that they sort of run together, but there is nothing like um, uh, a game-winning tackle, game-winning score, game-winning kick return uh, when you have a, a house full of uh, fans it's fantastic well last thing rod uh 1982 cal stanford of course uh, a lot of people that follow college football i have the history no idea what game you're talking about <laughs> <laughs> of course the the band on the uh, on the field there at the end uh what do you make of that you were there that day uh, crazy scene we, we always see it when uh, we see iconic type pictures and videos and you name it regarding classic finishes and like you said maybe not so classic on the Stanford end but just just kind of walk us through that that play Uh, you were there at the stadium at the game that day for Stanford yeah I'll I'll give you two perspectives my perspective then when it happened and uh, 10-15 years later Um, first of all it was a fantastic game and that gets lost uh, in a lot of the discussion about it. But, you know, we played very well on defense and held them down, and we had to get a stop late in the game to get the ball back, you know, so our quarterback, John Elway, could do his magic, which he did, and got us a lead, and we we kicked off uh, with eight seconds to go. And normally I'm on the kickoff coverage team, but I had been nursing an injury that week, so I didn't play any special teams. I just played defense, you know, kind of, you know, helped me get through the game. And as that kick return started, um, you know, a lot of us started walking on the field because it looked like Dwight Garner was tackled and was down on the 50-yard line. And in fact, if we had replay, this uh, this game, that event would not be a footnote in history. Nobody would be talking about it. Um, but as it happened, we were kind of going, well, wait a minute. All right, fine. Let them throw the ball around. It doesn't matter. This thing is over. And we see them continue to run to the end zone. The band come on the field. Well, then players, we, we walked on the field. And then I didn't think anything of it until the officials started to huddle. And I ran over to that huddle because it occurred to me, they might actually be confused about what to do here. And I heard them talking, and they're like, okay, so this is how we're going to get up. Let's get out of here. And I'm yelling, whoa, 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 as all my teammates. No, you you, you have to 
overturned. That's not a touchdown. And they didn't. They signaled touchdown and ran off. Um, obviously, um, uh, the Cal fans were pretty excited. We were pretty distraught about it on the Stanford side and in the locker room. And, uh, I mean, it was a rough, rough evening and night and seeing the replays and having people talk about it uh, for the longest. And um, it, was, it was hard to get over after it happened. And I remember a few years later, um, I was in law school and I was uh, interviewing at a law firm and the uh, interviewer saw that I played football at Stanford and said, hey, do you know uh, the guy Elway? And I said, yeah, yeah, John's a friend, he's a teammate. So you were on the field for that play? Uh, yeah. He said, wait a minute. And then he runs down the hallway and he gets a couple of other lawyers to come back and say, hey, so tell us the story. You were on the field? <laughs> kind of thinking, wow, that's pretty amazing that it uh, reached so many parts of the country and people, you know, cared about that so much. Um, the perspective afterwards, uh, a few years later, was that, um, and still is, it, it was great for college football and it was great for the rivalry. Um, yeah, 95 of us in the locker room were not happy and I'm sure our fans weren't happy, but in the long run, it's, it's one of those things that was great for the game, great for the Stanford-Cal rivalry. Um, it, um, it, it certainly uh, put us in, in history, and Stanford has done a great job since then of pretty much dominating that, that rivalry. So I guess it's all good. <laughs> how, how big is that rivalry with, with Cal-Stanford? Of course, we always hear about USC, UCLA in that conference and the Apple Cup and uh, Oregon, Oregon State uh, in, in the Pac-12, but uh, I think that one's a pretty big one itself, and it, maybe it kind of gets overshadowed a little bit with Cal Stanford. Yeah, I, I, I'd say it, it's a really good rivalry. It's a great rivalry. I think what it lacks um, that maybe other rivalries have, it, it's not nasty. You know, I mean, there's a lot of mutual respect um, among the players, among the fans. Um, there are a lot of uh, uh, Stanford Cal uh, relationships, marriages, and you know people you go to school with. You know, and the Bay Area is not that big a place, um, so it's not a nasty rivalry. I hear about you know Washington, Washington State, and people can't be in the same room. Obviously, uh, the Auburn Alabama deal, uh, Michigan Ohio State. So it, it, it doesn't get as inflamed, uh, but it certainly is intense for that week. I would say that it's not a year-round rivalry, but it's certainly uh, the week of the big game. Uh, it's as intense as any rivalry out there. Well, Rod, thank you for coming on the podcast as the 2019 college football season approaches. Dan, thanks for having me, and can't wait to get started. I know that uh, you and everyone else is excited. and It's going to be a great year.